Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. You are listening to Calvary Live, and I am your host for this hour. My name is Jeff Figgs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley in Northern Colorado. And if you're not familiar with Calvary Live, if uh, this is new to you, this is the program for the next hour. You have opportunity to call in and ask questions. You just heard the number is 303-690-3000. You can ask questions about the Bible or perhaps Christian living or how do we respond, what's our worldview as Christians to certain events, and I'll do my best to to answer those questions, to take you to the Word of God uh, as we search truth, as we look to Him for wisdom, for guidance, and uh, also for you to be able to call in with prayer requests. I know that those of you who are listening that perhaps you got prayer requests for family or for yourselves, and we want to be able to take the time to pray for you and with you, to take you to the throne of grace uh, as we come to the Lord in our time of uh, need, uh, even as Hebrew 4 declares that we are able to do that because we have relationship with the Father through Jesus Christ our Lord. So we want to be able to minister to you in that way, and that's really what the heart of Calvary Live is about to minister to you, to give you truth, to encourage you. I want to be a blessing to all who are listening, those of you on Grace FM in Colorado and uh, southern Colorado up uh, through the Front Range from Pueblo, Fountain, Colorado Springs on 101.7 and then 89.7 from the uh, metro area of Denver up through southern Wyoming. We got a cold day. It feels cold to us here in the, uh, October and I hope you're doing well. So whatever it is that you're doing, if you're getting the kids a snack or if you are um, you know, taking the kids to practice or uh, maybe you got a little bit of time at work or whatever the case may be, I hope you can give me a call at 303-690-3000. This is your show. This is uh, an opportunity for you to be able to call in. And without the callers, uh, we don't have a show. So we got open lines. Give me a call. And uh, we're going to repeat that number to you so you can give us a call and uh, we can uh, talk about the things of the Lord. There is a second uh, way that you can ask questions or be able to um, ask for prayer, and that is a text line. And it is 720-336-0897. It's 720-336-0897. And as time permits and as we're waiting for calls to come in, we'll go to those text questions. So, we want to welcome not only those listening on Grace FM Live, but those of you on the East Coast listening in on Truth uh, FM and Hope FM. And uh, we're so grateful that you can join us. Always love hearing from you on the eastern part of the United States. So we welcome you to call. When you do call, somebody will answer. 303-690-3000 is the same number for you to call. And uh, you are a week delayed, but uh, we love to hear from you and uh, such a blessing to be linked to you uh, in the Lord in that way with this program, Calvary Live. Also, online listeners anywhere in the United States, give me a call, 
303-690-3000. And we do have some open lines. I do want to open up. we got a major hurricane that is headed towards the Panhandle of Florida. And uh, it just turned into a Category 3 hurricane. It's one of the strongest hurricanes to hit that area in many years. And, of course, um, evacuations are now ordered for many parts of the uh, the coast there uh, and uh, uh, the Gulf of uh, Mexico along Florida and also into Alabama, Mississippi. And so we are praying for you. We want to pray for them as the, the hurricane uh, has strengthened. It gets in the warm waters of the Gulf of Mexico. It can grow very quickly, which it has. And uh, we just saw a hurricane come uh, through, of course, the Carolinas. This hurricane, Michael, uh, will take a right turn and then head towards the already soaking uh, soils of uh, North and South Carolina. So we want to pray for everyone out there for their safety, if you'll allow me to do that as we open the show. And Father, we do ask that you would just uh, be with those who are in the uh, crosshairs of this major hurricane, uh, Hurricane Michael, and we pray for safety, first of all. We pray that people uh, can get evacuated, get inland, get to a place where it's safe, but Lord, with a major hurricane coming, uh, we pray, if it's your will, to to, to uh, weaken that storm. Uh, we pray uh, as uh, it comes on shore that there's going to be property damage. It'll be at a minimal and that the people would be able to get back into their homes. Uh, the flooding would be minimal. Lord, we just pray for your hands upon all those who are in Florida. And uh, Lord, we trust in you in this. Um, we can trust in you in the storms. And, and Father, we pray for everyone's safety and um, return back to their homes and, and whatever damage is done to be able to rebuild quickly and um, to be able to have the help that they need. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we'll be praying for you out there on the East Coast. Hey, we got a couple open lines. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. Let's go to, uh, uh, to uh, line one. To whom? Who am I? List, who am I? Who's on line one here? <laughs> this is Wani. It's Wani. Okay. Wani. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Well, thank you for calling and and Uh-oh. helping me with that. I just, I just, all of you, um, um, pastors. I just listen to you every day if I can. Can and today, um, I have two prayer requests. One is okay. a spiritual brother. His wife and I are BFF. He's been diagnosed with prostate cancer that's quite advanced. Um, He's 62. He's a disabled vet, you know, retired from the military. He has a strong relationship with the Lord. But another sister in Christ, her husband isn't a follower of Christ, and he is a retired Adams County Sheriff, and he has bone cancer that has spread. Okay. So just those two prayer requests, please. Absolutely. You know, um, we're thankful for their service for both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, it, it particularly stirs my heart because being a chaplain for Well County up here for 16 years now, um, uh-huh. how how the re- first responders, um, you know, the military, um, we're thankful for their service. I, I can't say that enough, and I do have to take the time to say thank you for all those who are listening for their service and for our first uh, responders, for your service as well, making our community safe. So, um, uh, y- you know, I just I love being able to pray for them 
uh, to be able to share with them, and that's what we're going to do. So I thank you for your call. And, Lord, thank we you. do pray. F- we pray for this uh, two individuals uh, dealing with uh, prostate cancer, this brother uh, who is a disabled vet. We thank you that he knows you. And uh, the cancer has uh, progressed. It is advanced. But, Lord, if it's your will that you could slow it down or take it away, heal him. Um, but, Lord, we also know that we have a living hope that comes through mm-hmm. uh, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's not a dead hope. It's a living hope. So I just pray for your comfort upon him and um, and all those who are linked to him as family and friends. I thank you that he has those who are praying for him, and, and he is in your hands. But, Lord, I also pray um, for the other individual, um, different friends, um, and who has bone cancer. Um, we thank you for his service. And uh, But, Lord, we just pray more than anything, um, as bone cancer can be very painful, we pray that he would come to know you fully yes. and that he would open his heart to you. And uh, that's where true healing comes. Um, yes. And, Lord, I pray that, um, that you would just soften his heart uh, to hear uh, the gospel, that, that, to bring people uh, into his life to share with him. Uh, I know nothing about him, but you know everything about mm-hmm. him. And, Lord, that you would just open his eyes and that he would come to know you more than anything. But, Lord, also minister to him physically. Bring the comfort that he needs, uh, healing, we ask. Um, Lord, we know you love him. And, and Lord, I thank you for my sister who cares for these individuals to call in and ask for prayer. I pray that you bless her, that you give her wisdom and encouragement, Lord, as she ministers um, to uh, her husband's friends, um, to him uh, as he's uh, ministering and praying. Uh, Lord, we just lift everything up to you concerning this, these situations and these individuals. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank, thank you, you dear calling. one, and God bless you. Thank you for calling. I appreciate and I appreciate the encouragement. Bye. Bye-bye. Okay, we're going to continue with the phone lines. When somebody hangs up, that means there's an open line, and I like to to just continue with the phone lines as uh, the, the calls are coming in. 303-690-3000. Grab one of those open lines, and let's go to Carmen, who's calling all the way from New Jersey. Carmen? Hello. Hi. How are you, Carmen? I'm good. Good. What can we do for you? Well, I would like a prayer request for my daughter. She is a teenager, 17, a single mom. Baby is uh, nine months old, and just pray that the Holy Spirit will fill her heart and her mind with wisdom so she can conduct her life going forward as God wants us to be, and for a godly man and her future so she can help her to grow in her, you know, uh, in her life close to God and be a good father for the baby. Absolutely. Would love mm-hmm. to do that, and thank you for calling, Carmen. As Lord, we do lift up um, her daughter. Um, she's seventeen. She's a single mom. Um, she has a nine-month-old, and and that is a challenge for every anyone, uh, especially for a seventeen-year-old. And I pray that you would take this moment, this situation, and bring first of all uh, Carmen's daughter to you. In, in a full way, um, open up her heart to you, that she would know that 
she needs you. She needs your help. And Lord, that you're there. You love her. You love her her child. Um, you love Carmen's grandchild. And Lord, you want to work. And I pray that you would do that. And and that when the time comes, that you would bring a godly man that would be a father um, to this child. Lord, I pray that uh, in the meantime, um, that this teenager, this precious, precious teenager, would uh, come to the point of a desiring to draw close to you knowing that your love remains and that you would uh, draw her to yourself and, Lord, work in her life. I pray for this nine-month-old baby. Lord, I pray for this baby that um, your hand would be upon this child and uh, this child will grow to be healthy and come to know you, that uh, this child would be raised in a godly home as you're working in the life of Carmen and her daughter and um, anyone that comes into her life in the future. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Carmen, we're going to keep praying. Okay? Thank you. Okay. You bet. Absolutely. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. Perhaps you got a prayer request. And and so many people um, um, that that need prayer. And and so we want to take the time to do that here today. Maybe you got a question about the Scriptures Give me a call. We have open lines, and we'd love to be able to do that. There is, again, a, a means for you to be able to text in um, a call, and that is 720-336-0897. So give me a text. And matter of fact, uh, we're, we're waiting for uh, the phone lines um, to ring again and uh, take the calls. Uh, you are listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley in Northern Colorado, and uh, here with you to take your phone calls, answer your questions, and to pray with you as you give your prayer requests. There is a text question that uh, I want to get to that uh, really kind of caught my attention. It came in right at the beginning of the show. And the question is this, do you think that persecution will increase in America as we get closer to the return of the Lord? And if so, how should we respond as Christians? And I think that's a question that uh, perhaps some of us Christians are asking, we're thinking about. Is persecution going to increase? We know that there are different parts of the world that persecution is great in parts of Africa, in Asia, uh, North Korea, uh, parts of South America, where Christians are being persecuted. But what about America? Is is persecution going to come? And of course, it was Paul the Apostle that would write um, in First um, Timothy that um, that in the last days there will be perilous times, and evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, and, and those who live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. So we suffer persecution to one degree or another, um, maybe not like what um, they suffer in Sudan or in the Middle East, uh, or perhaps uh, in in uh, parts of Asia, but we do go through um, people coming against us, people coming down on us. Uh, we go through uh, those uh, things, and so uh, is persecution going to increase as we get closer to the return of the Lord? I don't know uh, exactly uh, if it is. Uh, there seems to be indication that, as Paul does say, that uh, evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse that it, that very well could be the case as we get closer to the return of the Lord, that there's going to be more of a 
coming against the church and the things of the Lord, we see that trend today. I do pray that there is a revival that comes to our nation. There is a battle going on for the soul of our nation right now, and um, it's only going to be won by Christians getting on their knees and praying and for us declaring the gospel and truth, and that's what we want to do. How much time did we have to do that before the Lord comes for the church? We don't know, Um, but persecution could increase, and the question is, is what is our response to it? Um, I think that um, people, they think about persecution coming, that they think that, well, maybe I need to store up uh, food and and guns and and all of this in in the basement and kind of hide or isolate themselves, uh, go live in an isolated area, uh, uh, build a bunker in Montana or, you know, go hide in the deserts of, uh, you know, the Mojave Desert or something. Um, What I see in Scripture is this, that as the disciples were being persecuted in Acts chapter 5, they were brought before the Sanhedrin Council, and um, they were being uh, put on trial once again. They were on trial in chapter 4. They were on trial in chapter 5, and it was the religious council that said, did we not strictly command you not to teach this name? And look, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man, speaking of Jesus, blood on us. And Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. Uh, The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you murdered by hanging on a tree, and him God has exalted to the right hand of the Prince and Savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sin. And so we are witness to to these things. And, And so here they are, they're boldly proclaiming the Lord. And what catches my attention in that text that I just read to you, that these guys are saying, quit speaking the name of Jesus. Um, uh, you you filled Jerusalem with your doctrine. And, and they can't even say the name of, of Jesus. They said, with this man's you know uh, doctrine, this man's blood on us. I pray that that would be say, said of us uh, as Christians in our community, that we would fill our communities with the gospel, with the name of Jesus Christ. And that should be our response, that we need to continue standing for righteousness. We need to continue to stand for the Word of God. We need to uh, be ones that, um, that you know, are bold in, in being able to do that. I don't think he calls us to hide. I don't think he's calling us to, to necessarily isolate ourselves either. Um, but we are to continue to be about the Lord's business. And in the end of the chapter, it tells us, that they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And daily in the temple and in every house, they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. So that's the response that I see uh, that we are to have as Christians. Uh, We are to continue proclaiming Jesus. Um, We are to be preaching Jesus and uh, teaching the Word of God. And that's what I plan on doing. And it could get... Uh, very difficult for us in the days ahead. Um, I don't know, but that should be our response And as I look at Scripture. And one of the things about uh, persecution is this, is that uh, persecution uh, is, is um, uh, something that helps purify the church. Uh, so uh, we want to make sure that, uh, that we... Uh, you know, in that time of persecution, or just continuing to trust in the Lord and to look to his strength. 
and and that's what we desire to do. So I don't got anybody on the line, and just so you guys, there we go. We may be having some guys come up. It just the Skype went active. You know, sometimes technology works, and sometimes we go uh, off the air. But we do have all lines that are open is what I am being told at this time. So give me a call. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. And uh, we'd love to uh, take your calls, answer your questions, be able to pray with you. And uh, so this is your opportunity to do that. Maybe you've been wanting to call in uh, for a while and you think, oh, the lines get busy. And sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. So uh, we'll just continue to wait for those calls to come in. Uh, I do want to, while we just have a moment to um, to uh, wait for the calls to come in, to let you know that up here at Calvary Greeley, we started uh, a new study on Sunday morning, the book of Romans. And uh, we are through the first 10 verses of, of the book. We got a long ways to go. But love to invite you to that study. This week, uh, we are going to be looking at the uh, gospel of Jesus. And the whole theme of the book of Romans, of course, is Paul saying that I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God to salvation for all who believe. And then what we're going to see in the rest of the book of Romans is Paul presenting the gospel to us. And so it's an incredible study. Paul writing at the end of his third missionary journey from the city of Corinth. He writes to the Christians in Rome. And uh, it's a powerful, powerful epistle that has uh, you know, tremendously touched the hearts of, of uh, many uh, throughout you know, the the millenniums, 2,000 years, uh, Augustine, Martin Luther, John Wesley, um, you know, others that have been touched, great church leaders. And, uh, and I pray that it uh, refreshes us and renews our hearts in the things of the gospel. So uh, we're very, very excited about that study. So come join us on Sunday mornings. We have three Sunday morning services at 8, 9.30 and 11 o'clock. And we have child, um, a children's ministry, that is, at all those services, youth at the 9.30 and 11 o'clock service. And also on Wednesday nights, we're in the book of Isaiah, so two incredible books of the Bible that we're studying. And that's at 7 o'clock, and we are actually going to be studying Isaiah 53. And many of you know that uh, portion of Scripture. It's prophetic concerning the sufferings of Jesus, and uh, we're going to have a, a wonderful time and be blessed tremendously by looking at Isaiah chapter 53. Well, I still have all lines that are open, so 303-690-3000. I know it's kind of cold out there, but uh, give me a call, and let's talk about the things of the Lord. Like I said, without your calls, we really don't have um, a show that goes on and a text uh um, line that you can text in a question, and that number is 720-336-0897. And I'm going to take a text question at this time. Mark 13.20 talks about the tribulation and how God has shortened, and I didn't get the rest of it, but uh, let's take a look at that in Mark chapter 13. Of course, we know that Jesus talked about uh, the tribulation period. He talked about his uh, second coming. He promised to come back. Um, and in what is called the Olivet Discourse that's recorded in Matthew 24, Mark 13, uh, Luke chapter 21, uh, we see that Jesus answers a question of the disciples about his second coming, the destruction of the temple. And, and in Mark 13, verse 20, "...unless the Lord had shortened those days, no flesh would be saved." But for the elect whom he chose, he shortened the days. And as you look at it in context, what it's talking about is the great tribulation period that we know as you 
read the rest of Scripture, that uh, there's going to be great tribulation, uh, such as the world has not seen. He begins this section by saying, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken by Daniel the prophet, standing in um, where it ought not, um, then know this, that there will be tribulation such as not been since the beginning of creation, which God created until this time, nor ever shall be. And then he goes on and says, unless the Lord had shortened those days, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, whom he chose, he shortened the days. And what's actually going to happen at the end of the tribulation period is that there is going to be um, a, 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 a great a world war, the last world war in, in the Valley of Megiddo, um, as the nations of the world meet together, and they will fight each other. And if it wasn't for the Lord coming during that time, man would have destroyed himself. So um, so a good question. Uh, the Great Tribulation Period is the last three and a half years of the Tribulation Period uh, that uh, takes place right prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. So, hey, let's go to the phone lines. Let's go to Michael in Colorado Springs. Michael? Yes, sir. You're on Calvary Live. Oh, thank you so much. Um, I enjoy listening to your show so much uh, every day. Every day I get thank to listen you. to it. It's such a blessing. Um, I am in the process of trying to take my nieces and nephew to church. I pick them up every Sunday, and one of them had a question this past Sunday about baptism. Is it necessary? And I, I'm in a... I grew up in a family, they believe, where baptism is necessary. And I know that's a very unpopular thing to think about nowadays, where people think, yeah, it's baptism is good to show an outwardly, you know, that you believe in Jesus Christ and His Son, but it's not really necessary for salvation. And people reference uh, John 3.16 for that, you know, he believes shall be saved. But, um, you know, I go back and I, 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 I just read them the verse, uh, Mark sixteen sixteen. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he right. who does not believe will be condemned. And um, I read that to them, and they went, so is baptism necessary? I'm like, well, let's go to the Word. What does the Word say? And I just want to, you know, get your opinion on that because I'm, I'm, I believe the baptism is necessary, but there are a lot of people who say the baptism is not necessary. It's a good idea, but it's not necessary. And I just want to get well, your feelings on that. Sure, absolutely, Michael. And I think those are good questions. And that is uh, from March um, th- sixteen, sixteen, um, and. Um, you know, is is a verse that people get uh, reading and 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 reading it believe that you have to be baptized uh, in order for salvation to come. And and Michael, um, we're going to go to break here in just about a minute. So when we hear the music, I, I may stop, but I want you to stay on the line because I really want to answer your question. And and what I'm hearing from you is um, you grew up in a church that believes that baptism is necessary. For salvation, and I kind of want to walk you through it because um, I think it's important for us to understand what brings salvation, and is there anything that we have to do for that salvation, or was uh, Jesus' death on the cross sufficient for our salvation? And I think that's the thing that we need to understand very clearly. 
And then what is being said in Mark chapter 16, verse 16, he who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And uh, we're going to look at that very carefully. So um, just kind of a little heads up as we hear the the, the uh, music. We'll, we'll take a break, and then we'll come back, to, and we'll tackle this question. But um, there are those who believe that baptism is necessary for salvation. There are those who believe that perhaps you have to worship on the Sabbath day, um, a certain day to, for salvation. There are those um, who will come along and say that this is what's necessary for salvation. So what we're going to do is look at this, see what this scripture says as a whole about baptism, and then hopefully we'll get some clarity and understanding. So thanks for calling, Michael. Stay tuned, stay on the line, and we'll be right back after the break. This is Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Fix. We'll be back on the other side of the break. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. This is Pastor Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley. And the phone lines have been a little slow, so give me a call. We have open lines, 303-690-3000 is the number to call. Ask your questions or give your prayer requests. Uh, I do want to go back to Michael. Michael, are you still with us? Yes. Thanks for calling, and you asked some very good questions. And, and Michael was asking questions about, is baptism necessary for salvation? And there are a number of Christians that believe that. And and so uh, one of the verses that, that uh, seems to come up to support that notion that baptism is um, necessary for salvation is in Mark sixteen sixteen that Michael brought up, and I'll read it to you again, if just in case you're you're joining us uh, right now for the show. But uh, Jesus said, "He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned." Um, and so, some say that that's a text that uh, tells us that baptism is necessary for salvation. Um, the thing that we need to keep in mind is that in in the second part of that verse, he who does not believe will be condemned. Um, Jesus did not say he who does not believe and is not baptized will will be condemned. What condemns you is not believing. Um, he doesn't mention baptism in that. But with that said, we got to take the whole of Scripture with it as well. And it was Paul the Apostle that was writing to the Corinthian church in chapter 1. And he's talking about their division. He's talking about their carnality. And he says, I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius, um, and lest anyone should say that I have baptized in my own name. Yes, I also baptized the household of Stephanus. Besides, I do not know whether I baptized any other, for Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel. So Paul would not say that if baptism was necessary for salvation. He said, he didn't send me to baptize. He sent me to to um, give the gospel, that Jesus Christ came and died for his sins. Now, here's the thing, too, Michael, for you to look at, and I would encourage you to, to read it carefully, is in the book of uh, Galatians, that's Paul's first epistle that he he wrote that we have recorded in the New Testament. And in that... Uh, Paul is talking about those who are coming along, the Judaizers, and saying you have to be circumcised in order to be saved. 
And Paul makes the case very clearly, very uh, painstakingly, and very uh, emphatically that works of the flesh or um, us trying to keep the law or any of that, we are not saved by that. Uh, He goes on and he says um, that um, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus, that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, for by the works of the law no flesh shall be justified. And he goes on to say that if Christ, you know, if we have to do something, this is what I have to do to be saved, then what you're saying is Jesus' death on the cross was not sufficient. And one thing that made Paul's blood boil is when somebody came along and said, this is what you have to do in order to be saved, that you have to be circumcised, you have to be baptized, you have to worship on a certain day, that Paul, you know, uh, was the one who gave truth, and, and this was something that the early church struggled with, that it is by faith in Jesus Christ alone that we are saved. He goes on, and in Romans, uh, he gives the doctrine of justification as well. And I think we need to keep that in the forefront, that there's nothing that we can do to earn salvation, um, that uh, we have been justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So baptism is not necessary for salvation. It is an um, outward expression of an inward belief in Christ. Baptism is declaring that I am saved. We don't do it in order to be saved. And that's what we need to understand, that Jesus' death on the cross was sufficient for our salvation. And if we say you have to be baptized, you have to worship on a certain day, you have to be circumcised, you have to keep a certain you know part of the law, whatever the case may be, what you're saying is Jesus' death on the cross was not sufficient and that he died in vain. That's what Paul writes in the book of Galatians, and that it's up to us for salvation. When when Jesus talked to that man that was dying next to him on the cross, and he, in that last moment, said that, you know, uh, remember me when you come into your kingdom, Jesus didn't say, well, you know, sorry, I'd like to, to promise you that you'll be with me in paradise, but you didn't get baptized. And I know that there are those who say, well, that wasn't the New Testament. It's a weak argument, you know, is what it is. We are saved by grace through faith. It is not of ourselves, it's not of works, lest any man should boast. And the Bible is very clear about that. So we're not saved by baptism. It's an outward declaration. Baptism is important. I'm not saying it's not important. <clears throat> and the Christian should be baptized, but it's not necessary for salvation. Does that help, Michael? Well, you know, you, you were talking about Paul emphatically says this and Paul emphatically says that. But, you know, I, I have the red-letter version, and, you know, we can only assume that the scholars have researched enough to know what is God's or Christ's words and what are Paul's words. In his Great Commission, in Matthew 28, he goes, I, you know, commission you to do this. Go teach the world and baptize. And in the, in the new chapter, it says, you know, I don't remember the exact verse, where it says, you know, it's referring to Noah and the ark, where it says where eight souls were saved by water, and baptism doth also now save.
save us. Michael, one of, one of the things that what you said that we need to also be careful, and then we're going to move on, is that, you know, you said there's the words of Jesus and the words of Paul. Paul would write in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, that all Scripture is inspired by God. It isn't that only Jesus' words are inspired and not Paul's words. So you can't take part of the Scripture and say, well, that was Paul's word, so it doesn't matter. And that's kind of what I'm hearing you say. All Scripture from Genesis 1-1 to Revelation 22-21 is inspired by God. It means it's God-breathed. I agree. And it is profitable. I totally agree. But so that's what, what I would— himself saying the Great Commission— Teach and baptize everyone. And then right. I hear every now and then, like you just said a minute ago, baptism is not necessary for salvation. I, I, I just, I, I hear more people, I, thousands and thousands of examples in the Bible and the New Testament says they received the Word of God and they went out and were baptized. You yeah, know, baptism. Paul, whenever he was blinded on the way to Damascus, he prayed for three days, did not eat or drink, and whenever, you know, they were come in, and the guy, I can't remember his name, Ananias came in and laid his hands on him and said, and the scales fell off his eyes. Before he even ate and drank after three days, he said, immediately went out and was baptized. Well, so I, I realize both ways, people can say both ways, but when I hear Christ himself saying, baptize, 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 and then we yeah. hear. Okay, Michael, just just yeah, hang on. I understand. A sec. Okay. I understand. We have to move along. What? Yeah, we're going to move along. But here's the thing, and, and then we'll end with this: is that um, wh- what you're saying is Jesus' death on the cross was not sufficient? No, I'm not saying and, that. Well, you are when you're saying that a person. You, that's what you're saying when you say that you have to be baptized. And I disagree, you know, and, and, and Scripture backs it up. It's important to be baptized. Of course, it's in obedience to what the Lord desires for us. Uh, but for requirement for salvation, it is faith alone. And listen, I just want to say to the rest of the listeners out there that if anybody comes along and says, this is what you have to do to be saved, then they're, they're not presenting a true gospel. And that's what Paul said. He said I, to the Galatians, I marvel that you turn away from a gospel which is not the gospel. And they were saying that, you know, this is fine that you have faith in Jesus Christ, but you have to be circumcised. And it's the same way with baptism. So I don't agree with it. I think that it uh, takes away the sufficiency of the cross, and we need to be clear on that when anybody does that. So, But we are going to move on with uh, calls. And, and uh, Michael, I do thank you for calling in. But let's go to Cardi from Denver. Cardi, did I say that right? Uh, Cody. Oh, is it Cody? Yeah. It got typed in wrong. Sorry, Cody. How are you? Uh, I'm doing all right. You? Good. I'm doing great. You got a question for me? Uh, How do you put the armor of God on? That's a good question. And we're told that in Ephesians chapter 6 that, um, you know, put on the whole armor of God because we're in this spiritual war, aren't we? And it gets pretty intense, and uh, we are to uh, put on the armor of God. I'm going to turn to that here and kind of read it, and we'll just look at it very quickly. Uh, but he says, Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, against principalities and powers. 
And then he says, therefore, take out the whole armor of God that you may withstand uh, um, in the evil day and haven't all to stand. Stand, therefore. And then he gives the armor of God. And as you go through those pieces of armor of God, it's, you know, gird your waist with the truth. Being in the word of God is what you're to do. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness, know that that righteousness comes by faith in Jesus Christ. Um, and having your feet, uh, shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, that as we come to the gospel, we have peace. So it is growing in the word of God. Uh, as we go through this, uh, take on the shield of faith that you will be able to stand the fiery darts of the wicked one. Um, the sword of the shield is the word of God, which he goes on, the helmet of salvation, knowing that you are saved. You belong to the Lord. And um, so you can go through these pieces, but it is just walking in the Spirit is what you're to do, giving yourself over to the Word of God, to the Holy Spirit, just um, you know, guarding your heart um, as you have the Word of God tucked away in your heart, um, in your mind, taking in the Word of God, knowing that you say, are saved, you belong to the Lord. And basically what I'm saying is staying close to the Lord. You know, put on these uh, pieces of armor, and you can go through it, and you can do a study on it, and you're going to be able to stand as you stay close to him, as you realize that I am saved, um, that, you know, I have uh, the Lord in my heart uh, as, you know, I'm walking in him, um, and, um, you know, and and when he he talks about these things, you can go through it, and it really is kind of a neat study. Um, The whole armor, girded your waist with truth. And that really is that belt that holds everything together, all the pieces of armor together. Listen, Cody, be in the truth of God's Word. Keep growing in the Word of God, okay? Get the Word of God in your mind and in your heart, and that's really going to help you. And be praying to the Lord. Be uh, looking to Him. Stay close to Him. And um, and you're going to see that you're going to really be stronger uh, in your life to be able to withstand uh, the, the fiery darts that the enemy comes against us. He What he does is he uses deception, doesn't he? And yeah. discouragement, and he attacks the mind. So we got to have the Word of God in our mind, taking in the Word of God, not a bunch of junk in our lives, you know, worldly things, um, having truth, um, knowing that uh, the breastplate of righteousness, that I'm righteous in Jesus Christ uh, because he's the accuser of the brethren who accuses us day and night, and we want to make sure that we're ones that uh, we overcome him by the word of testimony um, and the blood of the Lamb, as Revelation 12 tells us. So those are all little pieces of the armor of God that you can look at carefully. And and uh, But, you know, a real easy summation is be in the Word of God, stay close to the Lord, be growing in his Word, be established in truth, okay? Take okay. the sword of the Word, which is the Word of God, and um and and you'll see yourself growing in the Lord. Okay? Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Cody. Appreciate you calling. Yeah. You bet. All right. Three oh three six nine oh three thousand. Let's continue with Nick in Wyoming. Nick? Hey. How are you, Nick? Good, how are you? Good. How are things up there in Wyoming? Is it cold? It's cold and dark. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm not too far from you, so um, yeah. it is cold, isn't it? So you got a question oh, yeah. for me? Yeah. Um, so in, in Matthew 24, um, 37 through uh, 39, it talks about, uh, as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be in the coming of the Son of Man. 
um, for in the day before the flood, people were eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark, and they knew nothing about what happened until the flood came and took them all away. Uh, that is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. So I guess, and I don't know if I'm implying it or not, but the, in, the, in the times of Noah, there was uh, Nephilim, and uh, there were, you know, people only thought evil. And, and so I'm, I guess my question is, is, is that more signs of the end time? Is, is will we see Nephilim, and um, will, uh, will people only think evil? Yeah, well, I, I think that, um, you know, when we look at this, um, Jesus is talking about no one knows the day, the hour of his return. And it's interesting because when you when you read the scriptures, and it's kind of, um, there's a lot kind of to this question that you're asking. There's two distinct events when it comes to the return of the Lord. There's the rapture of the church and then the second coming at the end of the tribulation period. And uh, here he's talking about, but no one knows the day or the hour, uh, even the angels in heaven, but my Father only. But as in the days of Noah were, were, so will the coming of the Son of Man be. So what he's talking about is, is no one in the context here, Matthew 24, is no one knows the day or the hour that the Son of Man comes. I believe he's talking about the rapture of the church. When it comes to the second coming of Jesus Christ, we know it's going to be at the end of the tribulation period, you know, 1260 days, you know, after the abomination of desolation, according to Daniel chapter 12. But when it comes to the rapture of the church, we are told over and over again in this doctrine of imminent return that he can come at any time. So what he's saying in this is going to be like the days of, of Noah, that they were eating and drinking marrying and given in marriage, they weren't expecting judgment to come. That's the context of what is being told. Now, in Luke's narrative, when Luke records it, he also says it's like in the days of Lot. Um, and uh, when, uh, you know, they were buying and selling, things were good economically. Uh, things were going on as normal. People weren't looking for judgment to come. They When they woke up that morning that Sodom and Gomorrah was was, um, you know, judged with fire and brimstone. They weren't expecting judgment. And I think that's the context of what Jesus is saying here, that, listen, I'm coming when you're least expected. So, you know, he can come at any moment. He can come on a day like today because you can ask people, do you expect the Lord to come back? Oh, I don't expect the Lord to come back. But it's going to be sudden. It's going to be like, a you know, uh, a thief in the night uh, that we're told over again in the New Testament and also that we are to be watching, we are to be alert, don't go to sleep spiritually, don't become sluggish, don't be weighed down, as he writes, uh, Jesus, as it's recorded in Luke's Gospel and the Olivet Discourse, don't be weighed down with drunkenness and carousing and the cares of life, lest this day uh, overtake you unexpectedly. And so we need to be watching. I think that's really the context of what's being said here, is that they didn't expect judgment to come. They were going on as life as usual, and then all of a sudden um, that there was the coming of the Son of Man. And that's the way it's going to be uh, in the rapture of the church. It will come on a day like today. Whether you know, I don't think there's going to be nephews. I think that there's going to be evil that continues you know, in this world, um, but when the church is taken out, then we are a restraining factor, according to Second Thessalonians chapter two, and then lawlessness is going to take over rapidly because 
um, the church is out of the way. We're a restraining factor. So I think that's really, when I look at it in context, what's being said. Okay. Hey, um, Does that make so sense? I, just had, I had a prayer request uh, real quick, Pastor Jeff. You bet. Yeah, um, so, um, you know, I've, I've been, I listen to the show. Um, I, I um, listen to, like, you know, Christian podcasts. I, I study, you know, Christian logic books, stuff like that. But I feel like I've kind of lost the desire to, like, pray and read. Um, and so just mm-hmm. kind of just more more uh, prayer for that. I guess I just need to you know, yeah, get back absolutely, in absolutely, Nick. Yeah, and, you know, it is kind of a discipline, and we can go through those seasons. As a matter of fact, I was talking to somebody yesterday about prayer, you know, really takes work. And I think um, that um, sometimes we don't always feel like studying or listening or praying and stuff. Um, but, um, you know, it, it's just something that, Lord, help me and and develop that hunger again. And, Father, that's what I do pray for Nick. I just pray that he listens to the show, he listens to podcasts, he's uh, taken in the Word of God, that that hunger would remain in him. And, and Lord, that um, that he would have a desire to just keep praying because prayer takes some discipline and, and, and work at it. And we know that the enemy tries to discourage us. There's distractions, uh, all those things. So I just pray that you would um, that you would just uh, be with him, minister to him, uh, warm his heart, draw him to yourself. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, Nick, thanks for calling. Appreciate it. Good question that you're asking. And you know what? We are we are in very unique times, and um, we need to keep our eyes on the Lord because I believe he can come at any time. And, yes, um, and there's a lot of Christians, you know, Nick, there's just a lot of Christians that aren't expecting the return of the Lord, and we don't want to go to sleep in these days in which we're living in. So yeah. so keep moving forward, and um, and we're here for such a time as this, right? All right. Thank you. Appreciate you calling. You take care. Okay. Let's go to Jerry in Denver. Jerry? Yes, hello. How are you, Jerry? You're on Calvary Live. Yeah, I'm doing good. Thanks. I enjoy listening to you guys' show. I just uh, had some input or a question, I guess. Mm Mm-hmm. A quick question for you, um... I was just wondering if you have ever heard in the book of Revelation, because there's no doubt that we are in the days of Revelation, right? Well, it depends which section of Revelation you're referring to. Well, I mean, everything that's going on, like when Jesus Christ, you know, uh, he promised us, well, when uh, his disciples asked him, how will we know of your coming, of your second coming, right? Um and he told them all the disaster that would be happening, but he also gave them a parable of the fig tree. He said, study this, you know, it's, it's right, this parable. Right. And then, uh, so he was referring yeah. to the last days, and I'm just, uh, there's like, like no doubt that we are in those days. Right. And, and that's a good point, because Jesus said, you know, when you see the budding of the fig tree, um, know that summer is near, and even my coming is near. And when we saw Israel become a nation, that's what Bible um, scholars that study the end times believe that that was the super sign that began the last day's clock. So um, it's a good reference that you made there. So do you got a question well, for me concerning the last days? 
Yeah, like that that whole parable is concerning the like the reunion of Israel and everything, so all that was going on. But at the end of the parable, the parable he uh, he says that I will be knocking at the door, like saying that I'm here, like I'm already here, like knocking at the door. So either we if we don't open the door, you know, he's like we're not answering. We're not answering his knock. Right. So like there's no doubt think- we're in those days, but um. I had, a, I, had a, I had a question for you. Do you have ever heard of the bride in Revelation being referred to as Mother God? No. And it's a false teaching that a certain church um, that came out of Korea um, has developed, and they get that from the book of Revelation, um, that um, when it's speaking about, um, I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming out of the heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Um, it's not speaking about Mother God. It's speaking about those last two chapters when the Lord will create a new heaven, a new earth, and a new Jerusalem. So um, it has nothing to do with um, Mother God. It's a false teaching that is taught uh, by yeah, um, a group that's... What's that? Yeah, I heard, I heard the message as well, and I was just wondering if you guys have heard it as well. Yeah, they, they're very aggressive, uh, you know, and okay. um, the, the name of it, they what they do is they'll stop you in Walmart, Starbucks, Target, and they'll start talking to you about, you know, Mother God, and they'll pull some uh, verses, obscure verses out of Galatians, and, and they like to go to Revelation chapter 21, but... It's not making a reference to Mother God at all. So be careful of those things, okay? All right, thanks. You bet, absolutely. All right, take care. You too. All right, we've got a few minutes. Let's go to Maddie and Greeley. Maddie? Yes? How are you? Fine. Are you you a pastor uh, from Greeley? Yes, I am. Okay, I just called... Because there was a gentleman I wanted to know if we needed baptism for uh, being saved. Well, in chapter 3 of uh, Acts, it tells us all about being born again. So please remember that next time. tells you all about it and doesn't tell us to be baptized. Yeah, and, you know, okay. baptism. Okay, thank thought, you, Maddie. Appreciate I thought I wasn't going to have time. <laughs> of course, Thank I'll God. get you in when I can, Maddie, and I appreciate you calling in in your comments. Okay, well, and, next time, please remember to tell him chapter okay. 3 of Acts. I will. God bless you. Love. God bless you, too. Thank you. Love you with the love of the Lord. Bye. <laughs> Thank you, Maddie. We love you, too. Jesus said to Nicodemus that if you want to see the kingdom of God, you must be born again. And uh, Nicodemus was called the master teacher of Israel at that time, and that must have floored him um, when uh, Nicodemus heard those words uh, because he had dedicated his life in keeping the law. But here's the thing, uh, saints, that we need to remember, that the incredible grace of Jesus Christ, we're saved by grace through faith. It's not of works. Baptism, yes, is important. It's in obedience to what God has called us to do but it is not required for salvation. It is a declaration that I am saved. It's identifying with Christ. We go under the water that the old man has been buried by sins and coming out of the water in this newness of life, I identify with Christ in this resurrected life. 
And that's what baptism is about. And it's very important for the believer to be baptized. Um, but it is not required for salvation. You know, I've talked to people. Um, I, I remember a few times that I've been called into a hospital and somebody on their um, hospital bed um, that um, wanted to give their lives to Jesus Christ. And 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 we prayed, and I believe that they're in heaven. Um, and to say that, well, sorry, you can't be saved, it's too late because you never had the opportunity to be baptized. Uh, that's not the gospel. That's not the good news. We are saved by faith alone. He has justified us freely by his grace, the unmerited favor of God. And the, the death of Jesus on the cross of Calvary is sufficient for you and I for salvation, forgiveness of sin, eternal life, and right relationship with the Father. Please don't let anybody take that away from you. That's the gospel message. It is the power of God to salvation for all who believe. And so um, there are those who will come along and say, you have to worship on a certain day, or you have to be baptized, or you have to belong to our church, or whatever the case may be. It is faith alone in Jesus. That's good news, and that's the good news that we want to continue to preach to others. So, you know, I appreciate the conversations, and um, but we want to be established in in truth. We want to be established in the gospel. And, um, and that's why Paul was such a champion of grace. And um, it was like he was so amazed that he was saved uh, by coming in faith in Jesus Christ. So, hey, keep reading your Bibles. Um, be in church uh, be in fellowship with one another thank you uh, all who called in and for uh, for being a part of Calvary Life God bless you and we'll see you next time you've been listening to Calvary Live tune in next time for prayer and God's word